on today's episode. It's not so much, I think, what you're doing. I think it's why you're doing it. Sometimes it hits you like a two before. One minute, yeah. you know, next minute, absolutely not. I accept this is how I feel. I accept this is how I think. But I also accept that things can change. And that's allowed. This person had found my number via Google. They'd read some things about my story and they were in the process of deciding whether or not they were going to kill themselves or not. Discipline and consistency. It the is. last thing you feel like when you're not well is being disciplined and consistent. You must have to force. You have to, word. and that's the difficult thing. No, it's like two letters, one syllable, and you're like. Look, if you want a soundtrack, if you want a soundtrack for it, DJ recommendation: listen to Megan Trainer, the song No. Like, <laughs> no. My name is No. My number is No. Welcome to the Things I Wish I'd Known podcast. We're on a mission to help those of us who feel way too sad, way too often, remember what it's like to feel alive and 100% yourself again. So whether you're here because you're stressed out, feel like your emotions are constantly hijacking your life, or you've just somehow lost your way, your host, Rachel, has got your back. Let's have all the chats everyone told us not to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> like, rebellion. She's a raver, misbehaver, and suicide survivor turned happiness champion. She's on a mission to bring happiness back because let's face it, it never really went out of fashion. This podcast may contain content that is triggering for some listeners. If you're sensitive to certain topics, please check the show notes for full episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Things I Wish I'd Known with your host, Rachel. Today we are trialling something completely different. As we have been talking about suicide all this week for Mental Health Awareness Week, my producer, the awesome Neil, who's also an incredible DJ, he wanted to question me about my experiences because we've chatted about this a lot um, off record and he thought it would be a really interesting thing to interview me. So I'm a bit nervous to be the interviewee today. Oh, I'm the, very gentle. I'm very gentle. <laughs> instead of the interviewer. So um, we're just going to wing it and hopefully come out with some absolute gold for you guys. So let's get into it now. Let's do it. I find when I meet with clients, actually, my own podcast clients, I always insist that we record the meetings because that's when the gold actually comes out. It's, it's, it's when we're not trying too hard. It's that sweet spot of doing it a bit, but not, not trying too hard. And then then the gold gushes out. There's a guy called Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, and he has a guy that follows him around and films everything called D-Rock, just so that yeah. he can catch the gold. And I was like, right, when I'm, you know, Gary V level, dream on, um, I will have a D-Rock, whoever okay. that is. Although, to be honest, I think if I had someone following me around filming everything I do, I mean, I do some weird, you know, how well, much well, no, shit I mean, do you I need do to make a distinction here. I mean, D-Rock is clearly a producer that loves, absolutely loves what he does. Um, the, the, the other end of the spectrum is a stalker following you around and filming everything. And you probably wouldn't want one of those. Definitely wouldn't want a stalker. I can that tell you some terrifying. funny stories about my stalker experiences in the past but that, that is not for this sounds terrifying <laughs> in a weird way it was kind of funny but it was a, it was a long time ago but that, that is not the subject matter for today. is this when you were like a famous dj uh well i'm still am a famous dj right? <laughs> <laughs> playing in, with your ego <laughs> in, those, in those in those hits very easily played with but in in those halcyon days those halcyon days of the mid 90s oh yes yes 
Yes, that was it. I miss but, the mid-90s. But it does kind of tie into mental health because people can fall in love with a persona on the radio. But of mm. course, there's so much more depth to us. It's just like falling in love with that, that Facebook post. And then, and then I think there's a danger. You think everyone's having a wonderful life apart from me. Just look at Facebook. And you think you're the only one. This, this is the thing with any mental health issue. Because I'll be honest, I've had a couple of struggles over mm. the years, one fairly recently. And so much of what you're saying really, really relates to me because I've half sort of formulated these theories myself, if you like. Mm. And then hearing you, you know, a professional, someone that's been doing it a lot longer than me, you know, actually repeat back to me things I've kind of semi thought of myself and you've run with it and you demonstrate that it works. That's actually really reassuring, which is one reason why I love your podcast. It's so good to know because it feels so isolating, but it's so good to know that you're not alone. It's not a cure for the problem yet, but at least you're not you're not weird you're not like one in the million and, and the other 999,999 are all wonderful healthy vibrant people with 2.4 children and perfect white teeth and a labrador you know i it, do it, think yeah. a lot of the time as well part of us probably knows what to do or what we shouldn't or what's causing part of the problem it's the doing it but how do we know that we bit. know how do we know that we know? Well, that's the problem with mental health, right? Because when you're in those spaces, when you're in that awful space of either, you know, severe anxiety or really bad depression, you don't think the same way that you think when you're in a healthy exactly. space. Exactly. I came, up with, I came up with a little graphic um, the other day. And I haven't got a whiteboard handy, but I, I do have a pad. I love this. I feel like we're on art attack now. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. Tony Morph, Tony Hart. Draw it out. But I'm afraid we can't return any of your pictures. Oh, that was sad. The gallery. All right. So this, there's a circle. Yeah. Here's a circle within a circle. This circle is me. Okay. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's a lot to me. There's a lot to all of us. There's a lot of parts. Some bit more evolved than others. Some are growing. Some are not. But they're they're all parts, and they all need honouring. Yeah. Um, I think a good therapist would say. Um, have a democracy between all your parts. Right. All right. You know, a democracy rather than a dictatorship. Otherwise, because yes. this is the mentally ill bit. And this round here is the universe. Okay. Yeah. So when you're here, okay, you don't even know the universe is there. All you can see is yeah. one in front of you and no way out. That's the thing. But obviously that is only your perception because other people aren't in there. So they don't see it that way. Therefore, Mm. it cannot be a universal truth. It's only perception, right? Yeah. But you try telling that to yourself. And then this part tries to heal itself by beating itself up. Yeah. It says says other people have had worse traumas than you. Look at you. You, you, Mm. Nothing bad bad has happened to you. You've had a great life. Why are you like this? You know, look at that person over there. They've had terrible trauma, which just makes you feel even worse. Yeah. It's a bit like having a broken leg and pounding it with a hammer and going, I'm really helping it to heal. Yeah. No. Yeah. It doesn't work. work. But but if you can come to the realisation that there's a whole lot more, then what I found is if I allowed myself to be all of me, including that bit, and didn't fight it, this is key, then I'd get a bit of space around it. And it was just a part of something much bigger the bigger version of me. And in that space, then I can go, I suppose, a little bit mindful and observe it. And then I think, oh, but who's doing the watching? Deep, man. And then when you get... In, <laughs> and, yeah, then, then I go all kind of Deepak Chopra, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, then you realise there's a whole universe of possibility 
which is willing to work with a zillion possibilities here, but you have, kind of have to be here and sort of out of it before you can see that. Does Absolutely. That yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I do think it's still part of you, you know. Here you go, children. Take a screenshot. Your <laughs> mental health screenshot. I still think, though, so I'm convinced I'm going to cure myself. And that's my that's my goal for my life is to literally cure myself. Really and I, I'm nearly there. I'm, I feel like I'm nearly there. Like it's so easy for me to say, but I, and that this is the, totally the wrong thing to say to anyone that's had mental health issues. So I'm not really saying it. But you look great. You would never have known. Oh I've, no, I've only known it about a year since I. I, I came no. across on Madeline Black's Unbroken podcast, which is brilliant, by the way. Yeah, it's brilliant, guys. Go check it out. Yeah, she's a babe. But, she's been on actually. There's an episode with Madeline on. Things I wish I'd known as well. So you should check yeah, that out. Mad- She's amazing. Absolute, absolute amazing star. woman. Mm, yeah, she is. Um, but I mean, it seems to me you're, you're doing great. We'll talk about triggers in a minute, actually, because this is something else that, that you said. But there again, you can't always see what's going on inside. But no, from an outside it's ongoing. Of this, is the, this is one of the problems with mental health as well, because it is ongoing. Yeah. But what I have noticed is. Um, I had a bit of a mad wake-up call, actually, a bit of a mad experience because I, I don't know what lockdown we were in. Third lockdown, I think it was, second lockdown. I started feeling a bit not myself. I wasn't quite as chirpy. I wasn't feeling quite as buoyant as I normally do. Mm. I started noticing, like, for me, I start noticing certain behaviours, not going to bed when I'm tired, forcing myself to stay up. Yeah. Um, well, not even forcing myself to stay up. I don't even realise I'm doing it when I'm doing it. It, it will just be like, oh, my God, how is it 2am? I tried to, I went to bed at 10pm and now I'm still awake. And eating really unnourishing foods. I don't like saying good or bad when it comes to food, but unnourishing foods, you know, not very much nutritional content. That's foods. the gentle way of putting it. And then... Um, when that's then the exercise goes out the window, the meditation starts going out the window because I don't have time to do it, even oh, though yeah, just... I'm spending time. I've got plenty of time to binge watch something on, you know, whatever, but no time to meditate. And then I start noticing the negative voices coming in, blah, blah, blah. So I, I started oh, noticing going. those behavior traits in myself and I was like, right, okay, I need to whip this back because I know where this goes. And, and then. Um, quite randomly, I had messaged um, my partner at the time and said to him, I'm, I don't think I'm in a very good space. I really need your support. Can you look after me for a weekend? And he was like, of course I can come round. Um, and so that was the plan. And as I put the phone down on him and I was just going to pack an overnight bag and get in the car, um, my phone rang. And this person was basically having a panic attack on the other end of the phone. So I thought, oh, it must be like, because I didn't recognise the number, but I just thought, oh, it must be like somebody that I know that's maybe, I don't know, something awful's happened. And they just, because I've had the same number for years. So I just thought, oh, it must be somebody that I know that's remembered my number and they need my help kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I just was like, you know, hi, who who am I talking to? What's going on? What's going on? I could just hear this very like um, hyperventilating type breathing on the other end of the phone. Anyway, turns out this person had found my number via Google. They'd read some things about my story and they were in the process of deciding whether or not they were going to kill themselves or not. Oh, God. 
And so I was quite shocked because, you know, as much as I love talking about this stuff and, you know, I do work with people that have had struggles and things like that, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a mental health, you, you know, nurse. Um, I just talk about my own experience and I've done some training, of course, but, you know, I'm, I'm not an emergency mental health doctor or nurse you know no, I'm so. not the Samaritans and I was really worried I thought oh my god what if I say the wrong thing what if mm. you know anyway we're on the phone for about three or four hours and it was a really interesting experience and I believe I really helped this person I think you know by the time we came off the phone they had a bit of a plan I'd made sure they were safeguarded and that they were okay and all that kind of well stuff done. And and it was great, you know, in terms of like it's sudden in, in two ways. I think A, it was great because I was privileged enough to be in a position to have been able to help somebody and that they felt that they could reach out in that sense because, yeah. God forbid, the other options, you know, I would never yeah. want that to happen to anybody. No, of course not. But on the flip side, it also, because our stories were so similar... And the things that they said to me about their current experience of where they were resonated with me so much. Mm. I just thought, oh, my God, you know, I've I've been there. I totally can understand exactly the things that you're saying to me. Mm. It actually gave me a massive wake up call and made me realise just how far I have come. And even though in that moment I felt like I was in this awful mental health dip and that things were really out of hand... On reflection, I know. and I, I've I've experienced something similar. I've experienced. I know exactly what you mean by that, and I guess sort of healing's a bit like a kind of a helix. It's the same. Yeah, we're kind of going up every time. But the thing is, I feel like have... they really helped me. You know, like I think they probably were thinking that I helped them, but I don't think they realised how much they helped me as well. well because... It is said that all true benefits are mutual, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, Sorry, you're so. saying helix. No, not, not at all. No, it's 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 like the same issues but at a different level every time. But if we have a little setback or a dip, then suddenly all the work, all the good stuff that we remembered yesterday, seems like it's all gone. Yeah, seems like seems that's like. the thing, and it's just these old triggers of old shit that's coming up again for whatever reason to be healed or because it's triggered again or whatever. But there's also another part of me that realises that this is not present moment. Present moment, it, it, these things are not happening. Yeah. So we're essentially reliving the past, if you yeah, like. Absolutely. Um, and but I can't re- normally think this profound when I'm in a dip. Yeah. I'm just I just am the past when I'm in the dip. It's and then, and then when I'm sort of all joyful and buoyant and bouncy and full of light, our, our natural state, so we are told. I'm sure that's true. Then I don't think. I can't think how I or anyone could ever possibly feel that way. That doesn't even exist. It's not even on my radar. Yeah, but it's, it, it is a funny thing because I think everything's relative. And so then I, because then I started thinking, um, and this is interesting as well, when you become the observer and you can start to observe your thoughts. Mm. Because then I started thinking, oh, you know, you're just feeling sorry for yourself. Look at, you know this person that's really in trouble here, you know, that you've hopefully been able to help with some tools and strategies and things today. You were at that point a few years back and 
now you're just you know I, I started beating myself up basically feeling like I was just complaining when things weren't that bad um but it was a dip for me because I'm normally and I think this is where we need to realize about the spectrum and it's not about comparison I'm not like oh that person's like you know literally suicidal and I just feel a bit lower than I normally do. Like for me, because I have a handle on things, I have these practices that I do. Mm. And when I do these practices, and I think this is the thing that's difficult, is the consistency, the discipline and the consistency that it takes to stay well. I, I, I remember this complex. episode with Chelsea, and that's what she said, wasn't it? You know, yeah. it's, it's discipline and consistency. It but is. the last thing you feel like when you're not well is being disciplined and consistent. You must have to force. You have right to. Way. And that's the difficult thing because when you're in that space, it's very hard. I feel like there's always, similar to that drawing you did, I felt like there was always this tiny part of me that really wanted to live that really did want to live because even when I attempted um, to take my own life, I did, after about half an hour or so, I rang a friend and said, oh my God, I, I think I've done something really stupid, you know, and I could feel that that regret. And I can't imagine being that person just having your mate ring you or just a God, and we were so young. I feel a bit guilty about that, but you know, tap it away. <laughs> Even though I feel guilty, I love and accept myself. I anyway. completely accept myself. Absolutely accept myself. Anyway, haven it away. I was doing the best I could, you were. and um, you know, so I think there was always that element or part of self that wanted to live, and I think when you're in those dark spaces and those low spaces, you have to somehow connect with that little part of you that wants to live and sometimes it's super super quiet and how do you and do the that? other part is so loud well that's the thing but the thing is it seems it seems loud because it's all you can see at the moment it's, yeah. it's like it's the whole world the whole field of vision but if you were here yeah that, that would, would only be like a, that'd be like a little rain cloud on a, on a bright sunny day so yeah. it's a question of distance you have from it i guess yeah but, but it is all consuming isn't it i think that oh, well, yeah yes the... absolutely i'm not i'm not you know minimizing yeah. that i've been in that place it, it's um, difficult not... when you've not been there i think to explain to other people very i've been going through a bit of grief recently as, as so as my friend uh, we both recently lost our mums which is really horrible Aww. um and Ooh, well, grief's a weird one because all grief's this huge comes up and it, oh um, and it, sometimes it hits you like a two before. What, one minute, yeah. the next minute, absolutely not. <sighs> um, however, my friend has got this brilliant two-word saying, and this has been so healing for me. It's allowed. Yes. It's allowed, she says. It's allowed. Uh, you know, I feel really shit today. Yeah, it's allowed. Um, I love that. I, I do too. I, I had that fear of if I feel myself dipping, it's kind of, oh shit, where's this going to go? Mm. Um, very much the same as you. And what I've never really dipped that low as I did recently. And I was scared that I could feel that low. It frightened yeah, me. Yeah. But, but I, I think... didn't even know feelings like that could be felt. And I'm like, shit, what the fucking fuck is this? You know. But grief is. 
you know, the grief of losing a parent, that is... I don't know if it was all grief. I mean, it was dementia, so in a sense it was slow, so I kind of... But there was all loads of other stuff coming up. It sort of forced everything, Mm. which I probably should have dealt with years ago, to come to the surface. The problem was it was all at once. And I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and it's like, do everything immediately, perfectly, and now. Yes. Including healing your life. I mean, honestly, I had another brilliant term as well, realistic, holistic. Um, oh, I love that. You can, you can have that one. But I mean, if I if I get on the holistic path, like, right, I'm going to get thin, I'm going to get sexy, I'm going to eat right from the type, I'm going to master law of attraction, I'm going to spend all my time in the vortex, I'm going to heal my past, process trauma that I might even not have, I'll just take a guess that I probably have, have a colonic irrigation, might even balance the old jackfruit as well. And then this afternoon, I'll do something else. For more information on how you can bring your happiness back, why not join Rachel's monthly membership or contact her via her website, www.welfordwellbeing.com And then this afternoon I'll do something else and by this afternoon I'll be God and master of the universe and <laughs> so true so, so this kind of perfectionistic fucking streak does, does come out and my inner perfection yeah. is, very, is very very loud yeah. but you know what it's allowed but I think there has to be a caveat to that as well because some of the messaging that I see on social media and stuff now around mental health I don't agree with give me an example it's okay to not be okay it's fucking not it's not okay to just be okay why aren't we trying to be oh, no, no 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 hang on hang on I, I've got I've got hang on a minute <laughs> Hang on a minute. I, I don't I'm going to upset people here. I know. No, no, no. I don't want to be a lexical pedant here, but bear with me for a minute. You said the meme said it's it's okay not to be okay. You just said it's not okay to just be okay. There's a difference. No, there is a difference, but I also think I get where they're coming from, and I agree. It's okay to not be okay in the sense of it's okay to not be okay. Talk about it. Open up. Like get some support. It's, it's blah, a, blah, because, blah. If you, because if you don't allow yourself to feel what you're feeling, that just gives that voice even more fuel to say, you shouldn't be doing it, you shouldn't be doing it. So that, that's all that means. Agreed. But, I think. Agreed. But also, there's this romanticising of depression. Oh, no, I don't agree with that. That's bullshit. There's nothing you know, romantic about depression. It sucks. No, it's awful. And I think there is this kind of like almost aesthetic and I used to buy into this I've got to be honest before I even knew I had depression I used to love swigging out of a bottle of whiskey you know direct smoking a fag laying on the floor with my record player getting records out being really melancholy and I just I would buy into that romantic kind of like oh I'm so fucked up oh I'm such a mess Ugh. And it's, oh no no it's I don't not okay no, it's, it's not, okay. not okay and also around the the certain stories of and I think if I had seen some of this stuff when I was unwell I don't know how it would have fared with me go on well there's two sides of it there's the one side which I'm probably now a pension of so I don't know how I feel about this but you know the you have to push through you've got a you know there's there's a part of you that wants to live and you need to cultivate that part of you but sometimes the way that message is put across is a bit shamey like if you can't find that part of you or if you um haven't been able to embrace that part of you on that day then it's kind of like your fault and you need to yeah, fucking fix it's allowed, up or it's allowed not to find it right but then again with that story it, this is where it gets really complex with mental health and language and messaging because what, what i want to say is you know 
find that bit inside of you that's motivated, that wants to live, the da 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 But when you're depressed, that part is so hard to bloody find. It's like a needle in a haystack. Um, and But then the it's allowed and if you need to just take a day in bed, you can. Or if you need to take a week in bed, you can. Or if, you, you know, it's okay to just binge a, a, a show or two or six series on Netflix. It's okay to just eat Domino's and, you know, hashtag self-care. I agree, sometimes resting is the most important thing. But if you're the kind of person that that I used to be who literally doesn't want to get out of bed for three months at a time, seeing messaging that says it's all right to just lay in bed and not wash. It's okay to do that for like a day or a couple of days. Do you know what I mean? Like when you need a bit of a reset or you're feeling suppose, a bit down. This is the problem when you've only got like four or five words and a little... Yeah, 72 characters 72 or whatever and you've got to try and to, deliver a profound message. To, get, to like, get a message out. I mean, it's okay. In, in the way you've described it there, I completely agree with you. No, you wouldn't encourage laying in bed for three months for but sure. this is but where of course, sometimes I'd... you need a good night's sleep of course you do do you think though this is where it comes down to knowing yourself and I think this is one of the key things right it's like do I sometimes just lay in bed eating oh my god I've got this new thing I'm going to share this with you guys because man alive it's good <laughs> What? I'm trying not to eat ice cream, right? Because I'm a, I really, I love ice cream a little bit too much, <laughs> and um, definitely over lockdown, I think it um, has attributed to some, um, some areas of my body that are, um, I'm not appreciating as much as I used to. And uh, so I thought, right, I'm not going to eat ice cream anymore because I don't think eating as much as I was of it is a good idea and I'm not anti-ice cream go for it but try not to eat six litres a week it's probably not <laughs> probably not a good idea right and so, be on the altar of Hagen Dars. do you know what I mean I don't drink anymore I don't smoke anymore I need advice and so I chose ice cream and it is amazing and it's delicious but it's full of sugar and not things that aren't very good for you so it should be eat, enjoy, enjoyed in moderation right and I was not moderating I was um, you know getting a little bit into it so I thought right okay I'm not going to eat ice cream anymore but I want something that's going to satiate that you know frozen delicious chocolatey mm. well don't so, keep it in suspense anymore what is it? what I do is I get um, frozen raspberries in a Nutribullet with yeah. a couple of teaspoons of cocoa powder. Yeah. A couple of teaspoons of coconut sugar, because coconut sugar doesn't whack your um, blood sugar up as high as other sugars. Okay. And a teaspoon or so of coconut oil, a little bit of water, blitz it. So good. And obviously it's not, you know, it's not like, I don't know how healthy that is. I'm not a nutritionist, but I'm assuming berries and a bit of coconut oil and a bit of coconut well, sugar is, is better than a tub of Arkansas. <laughs> like sugar content wise it's probably yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably a better option right and so that's 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 what i've been doing um with the ice. i've totally forgotten the fucking thread of what i was saying now i've got so into this ice cream thing um it's allowed we were talking about oh yeah so sometimes i'll make that sit down, binge watch, I don't know, oh God, anyone who's watching or hasn't seen or is into Empire, that awesome show on Amazon Prime that's got about 100,000 series and I can't stop watching it. So sometimes I'll binge watch a couple of episodes of that. And, you know, that's okay. But if I'm 
binge watching that every single night. It's not so much like what you're, it's not so much I think what you're doing. I think it's why you're doing it. I mean, I've known friends yes. um, who've had problems with alcohol. Right. And for me, I go through phases of probably drinking a bit more than I should. Yeah. But I've, I've never had, I've never lost jobs over it or been arrested or, but, but, but there's someone I knew that woke up on the, the, the tracks of uh, Wimbledon train station and didn't know how he got there. Uh, that's a totally different yeah. league, if you yeah. know what I mean. But I think all addictive behaviours, uh, including maybe being addicted to some thoughts or some problems, it's because of stuff that we don't want to process or feel. Yes. I've got this phrase, good intention, crap strategy. Yes! I talk so, about that all the time. So it's not, because I did a bit of NLP, so that, that's what I got from that. The intention is good, but the strategy is poor. Yes. So in other words, if if it's not, again, it's not what you're doing, it's why you're doing it. If, if you're around with some friends and you've got the friends and the barbecues going and everyone's having a good time and the drinks are flowing. I don't have a big deal with that. However, if there's something that's really troubling you and you're sitting alone trying to numb that pain, that's a completely different story. So it's all about, and it can get confusing on social media because yes, that mean does apply sometimes. And depending on on how it's interpreted, Mm. if, if you know what I mean, you know, if you could put, put the full meme in, it would be, Yes, it is okay to rest and relax. We encourage it, but it's not okay to rest and relax for six months because that probably means you're depressed when you need to do something else. But that doesn't yes. really understand, does it? But this you know, is where I think it comes down to knowing yourself as the first step and empowering people to realise, and I say this a lot to people, you are your best teacher. Mm. Only you are ever going to know how you actually are. And we get very good, and this is the thing, like, I tied myself up in knots for years of pretending I was okay when I wasn't okay. And I wasn't always pretending to other people. When you do come back to that, to that energetic part of self where we are connected to everything, you you start to realise what you do to yourself is what you do to other people. And so then you don't want to treat yourself in that way because every time you treat yourself negatively it impacts those that you love because all the time that you are being so even if you don't want to get well for yourself right because sometimes when you're in that space of being unwell you feel like such a burden to other people and you feel like such a disgusting human being that you just kind of want to help everyone else you don't really want to help yourself so even if you kind of think about it from this weird roundabout way that When you start to heal yourself, you start to heal everybody else that's around you. And I've noticed this massively in my journey. Like, people around me that I never thought would not drink, don't drink anymore. Because they've watched what's happened to me and they're like, wow, she doesn't get anxiety anymore and she's not as depressed as she used to be. How's she doing that? Oh, she gave up drinking. That's interesting. Maybe I'll give it a whirl for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. Oh, hang on a minute. I feel a lot better. And I'm not saying giving up drinking is the answer for everyone either. Like, do your thing, hon. You know, like, if you um, s- still drink, whatever, great. Good for you, you know. But for me, it was like, the anxiety is just not worth it. But Anxiety. Oh, God, it's awful. Um, and But equally, you know, when I just feel like when you start to emanate this light, it's such a personal journey, it affects everybody around you. Like when I was depressed and anxious and having panic attacks all the time, I probably wasn't that easy to be around. No. I imagine I'm much more easy to be around now. 
under stress, I'm not easy to be around. I mean, I, no, I, no, you're not yourself when you're stressed. Been, not just through the pandemic, but just other personal things going on. Like I say, all these feelings for me came up at once all the time. Mm. It, was just, it was just complete head fuck overwhelm. Um, you know, constipation of the esoteric, and then why can't I heal this? And then self blame, and oh, you name it. Mm. Um, but but through a lot of talking with you know close friends and sharing, taking the mask off, being told it's allowed, it's allowed, it's allowed. Mm. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I I do massively agree. I think acceptance is a huge thing. And I always have that, you know, that little system of awareness, get brave, choose again. You know, and I think that has served me very, very well. And I think if, you know, if you can bring awareness to whatever's happening, that is the first step always. And then you start to get... Can you walk us through an example of that, a practical example that we could maybe use? Getting to know yourself... Of the ABC, awareness, bravery, choose again. So the first step is awareness. So you're always just building awareness. And how you build awareness is multiple different things, whether that's journaling, whether it's going to therapy, whether it's um, meditation. Um, there's there's a lot of different ways that you can build emotional and, and self-awareness, right? And that's daily practice, daily, daily practice. Also, using your um, thoughts and emotions as a compass instead of a stick to beat yourself with so you know in that element of awareness if I am thinking negative thoughts about myself or about other people or about the world I ask myself what am I scared of because if I'm judging somebody that's probably something about myself if I'm um you know if I'm just calling myself stupid and I should have done it what's that what am I scared of I'm scared that I've been rushing I haven't had enough time I haven't applied you know and I haven't spent enough time on myself or whatever and so and your emotions are the same the emotions are just the language of the body what do I like what don't I like and I think that was a huge part of my healing journey coming out of depression being absolutely numb not feeling anything for years nothing no high no low no nothing not feeling anything to then being like okay what do I like I don't know I don't know what I like anymore because a lot of the things I used to like getting off my tits for three days in a rave you know I don't like anymore it doesn't suit me anymore I'm not trying to escape myself anymore so what do I like now so there's there's a big that can be a big element the awareness piece it can take time you know it's not like an overnight oh I suddenly know myself and recognize all my thoughts it's it's a practice it takes time and then once you've got that level of awareness brave I use an acronym um boundaries radical responsibility acceptance values and validation energy don't forget to meet us over on youtube for the uncut video version and additional content of all episodes you can find the link in the description boundaries i had none <laughs> what about you I, I didn't even have one. <laughs> we, should put, we should put this in the show notes, shouldn't we? Yeah, boundaries has been a big thing for me. I think, I think, um, yeah, there are there are certain boundaries I need. I'm to... such a people pleaser. I can't even oh, help myself. Well, people pleasing. Oh. Um, I know a girl called Helen, Helen Snape, who does has got this brilliant body of work all about her being a recovering people pleaser. She now teaches people, you know, the magic art of the word no. 
Yes, and it's so it's such a small word. You're like, how is two letters? And no, it's like two letters, one syllable, and you're like. If you want a soundtrack, if you want a soundtrack for it, DJ recommendation: listen to Megan Trainer, the song "No." All That's right. A, that really sums it up. It sounds like a Destiny's Child song, but it's oh. really good. And it's, right. it's really this message. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're close. <laughs> no, my name is no. My number is no. The answer is no, no, no. It's very desperate. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, boundaries is a big one. But also within boundaries, I think something that not a lot of people talk about is what about the other way with boundaries? Because when you've been traumatised, and especially if you've got PTSD or CPTSD, the likelihood of you trampling over other people's boundaries through no awareness because you're trying to protect yourself mm. so you're trying to keep everyone away you know get away from me kind of thing that's also not not very healthy and this is where i think some of that messaging you know around cut people out of your life you'll end up uh, you're not a one 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 person island you need people around you you know and sometimes it, we need to look at are we respecting other people's boundaries as well so it's really important that that's a two-way street radical responsibility no one's coming. No one can save you. Unfortunately, I wish they could. <laughs> People can help you heal. People can create healing environments to help you find space. But essentially, you're responsible. And that's horrible to hear, but it's true. And that's all you're responsible for. It's not your job to make someone feel loved. It's not your job to make sure that they have everything they need at the expense of your own stuff. You know, it's, it's your responsibility to know what capacity you have to give. It's your responsibility to know You that cannot give from an empty cup. You can't. But or again, maybe we can say it's our privilege to put ourselves well, first. Again, but then this is all, you know, part of that process of getting to know yourself, right? Then you've got acceptance. And that is the... You know, it's allowed, right? I accept this is how I feel. I accept this is how I think. But I also accept that things can change. And that's allowed. Super simple. And then, where are we? V, values, validation. Is what you're doing day to day aligned with your values? Mine definitely wasn't in my my past life. Pre-breakdown life. Um, You know, I wasn't doing things that were aligned with my values all the time. I was constantly going against my gut. I was constantly, you know, little. And it was little things. It was never a big thing. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I my one of my values was compassion and I was purposefully cruel to people. It wasn't like big. It was little, little, little niggle, little things over time. Um, And validation. Where are you getting your validation from? Are you waiting for someone to love you, to know that you're lovable? You know, because when we start to get likes, this is the thing with social media, likes on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, like, you know, are you dressing in a way now? Because you know when you dress that way, people go, ooh, that looks nice. Or are you dressing that way because when you put that outfit on, you feel like a fucking boss, you know? It's like, validation is a big thing because we all need a level of external validation, a little bit, because we're village people, right? Why, MCA. <laughs> um, 
we are right we, we need people around us um and and sometimes that's unfortunate <laughs> but we can't we can't be alone we're meant we're meant to connect right i agree um so we do need a little bit of that of course we want our parents our friends people that we care about to be proud of us or whatever of course we want a bit of that but if we're only getting it from external sources once that source is taken away for whatever reason suddenly we're empty we don't have anything in ourselves to replace it energy how much do you have how energized do you feel are you looking after your energetic body your energy field are you expending energy on shit that genuinely you don't care about you know it's like all that stuff then comes into it and then finally we come to like see choice choose again if you're going in the wrong direction it's allowed choose again choose a better direction if yeah. you're you know and again just looking at things as like choice we don't always feel like we've got a choice and i realize that for certain um you know with certain systems in place and stuff like that i definitely have privileges that you know some that i'm well aware of some i may not even be aware of right that other people don't have so i realize when you talk about choice there is an element of you know given the structures that we operate currently in, right? Mm. But when you bring it down to, often with mental health, you feel like you have no choice. You feel like it's happening to you. To you, yes. And this is where the awareness comes in. And because of you. So mm. there's a lot of self-blame and you feel like it's happening to you and you've got no control over it. And actually, when you can come to the space of choice or possibility or curiosity or options whatever you want to call it then it starts to open you up to other stuff so is my choice when i'm in bed with depression to choose to be happy to just cheer up of course not that's ridiculous but could my choice be i'm going to get out of bed today at some point at some point today I'm going to stand up. That's going to be my choice towards happiness. Something today. that little, something that small. Absolutely. You know, because over time, and this is the thing that I think people don't realise, we're waiting to feel better. For the benefit of people watching this, if someone is feeling desperate, mm. let me say to you, you're not alone. It is possible to feel better. It will be all right. It's allowed. You will find the right people. You will find the right conversations. You will mm -hmm. do okay on the journey. And don't be afraid to reach out. And don't think you have to do it alone. And if people aren't willing to help, then maybe they're not in the right space themselves or they're not the right person for you. Yeah, I do think that is a big thing. When people aren't willing to help, it's usually about them and not you. Very much so. And I also think a really good strategy is to leave it till tomorrow. That's what I used to do. When I was, like, really suicidal... I would just promise myself, this is going to sound so awful, I would promise myself I would kill myself tomorrow, but I would do no, that. No, I remember editing that on, on one of the earlier podcasts. It's, would, it's, it's, it's a bit like the AA thing, isn't it? You know, just for today, I won't I won't kill myself. But, but if that's no, but, all you've got... Do you know, it was, for me, it was the other way around. I'd be like, I promise I'll do it tomorrow. Oh. And then I'd wait till tomorrow and then I'd say the same thing. I promise I'll do it tomorrow. So even though it's weird, I know, because like, but this is what I mean about how messed up where your mindset is, because the sensible thing to do would be leave it, leave it a day, wait until tomorrow. But mine would be like almost 
because it, it that way because it was like a promise to myself that I would do it it would I don't know I felt like if I said oh I, I won't do it until tomorrow it kind of made it be like we'll just do it now so if I said like I promise I'll do it tomorrow to myself but then I do, do it now yeah then 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 I don't need to do it now because I'm going to do it tomorrow so I don't need to do it now well, whatever whatever works for you Rachel like I say it's, all then, the, it's the interpretation isn't it yeah but then you just do that for as many days as you need which usually for me would be about a week which feels so long when you're in it you know like imagine trying not to kill yourself for a whole week like the week feels like a year but honestly living is one of the best things ever and you might not be able to hear that right now if you're in a really horrible space but i've everybody that i've spoken to about suicide has always said just how elated they are the day after when they realize they didn't succeed Brilliant. and and it's almost like you know I don't really have this much at all. In fact, I don't have this. And I, I can't remember the last time I had this. It's been a couple of years. But I used to feel like there was a part of me that was trying to kill me. That's what it felt like. And that part I've named Freddy, like Freddy Krueger out of the um, yeah. horror movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would just just have this analogy in my head that Freddy Krueger would have to stay in the boot of the car. I'm driving the car. And that's how I would try and you know, try and keep those things at bay is like, just keep it in the boot. You're you're the one driving and there will be a little part of you in there that really wants to live. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You wouldn't be searching out solutions. You wouldn't be looking for an answer. And you you just have to work out a way to get quiet and listen to that part of yourself that wants to live because it's in there. It's definitely in there or you wouldn't be, you know, if if... That's how I always used to feel as well. It's like there is a part of me that wants to live. There's just another louder part that's trying to kill me. So you just have to try and, as much as you can, put off that part that's trying to kill you and and, and empower and give energy to the part that, that wants to live and listen beautifully, more to that part. Beauti- beautifully stated. And I'm very glad that you... um break your promise every day otherwise we wouldn't be having me this. too i mean like but that's the thing because honestly life's amazing life is amazing you, you said it in one of your podcasts we're going around the planet at god knows how many miles an hour because i agree with this in the universe that goes on forever as far as we know and <laughs> so cool. you know we're all made of energy we're all vibration we're all thought we've got the wonderful things going on we've got access to a creative power that we can create that can create through us and create anything we want uh, the greatest resource in the world, water, falls from the sky freely. I mean, it's not entirely bad. But, and, and we walk around like miserable human beings going, oh, this is really shit. But do you know what I mean? But it's amazing. Life's I amazing. a day where everyone wakes up to that and wakes up to their own awesomeness. Uh, but, also, you, but, but again, you've got to follow what makes you happy. And in order to do that, you've got to find what makes you happy. Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. It's you know, working in a job that you hate for a low income, surrounded by miserable people, you know, and no offence, but some people have got some horrible friends, horrible, horrible friends, you know, frenemies at best. I'm very lucky. I feel like I'm big up my mates, man. You lot have kept me alive and I'm very appreciative for all of you every single day. And I'm lucky because I've got different crews of friends. You know, I've got my London friends, my Hastings friends, (laughs) and, um, and I'm very, very lucky, right? But I'm, 
but some people don't have that. Some people don't have that support network. And some people have people around them that are saying, you know, for whatever reason, hurt people, hurt people and all that jazz, you know. And so sometimes it is more tricky because you've also and but also over the years, I have had to get rid of some friends. I have had to edit down my circle of people that I have around me because there were people in it that, to be honest, definitely didn't have my best interest at heart. definitely didn't treat me very well and especially when I started working on boundaries man alive work on your boundaries and watch those people that you've been people pleasing just drop the hell out of your life (laughs) because they don't want to be around now that you're empowered they love the fact that you're down they love the fact that you're a little victim and that they can have a power over you and so you know again when we start doing this work on ourselves when we start to build our self-esteem build our boundaries, build our self-worth, everything else does start to fall into place. And I know that when you're in those low spaces, it can feel like that's an impossible task because... But it's not. I think that's what Rachel and I are trying to say to you today, dear dear viewer, dear listener. Mm. It really really is possible. We've both experienced it. And as I say, I relate so much it's, it's almost like you're speaking to me. It's almost like you've been following me around. Have you? You've got a spy cam in there. You know that stalker you were talking about earlier? It was you. I knew I recognised, I knew I recognised you from somewhere. Go away. If this was like Scooby-Doo, it would be like when I pull the mask up and I'm the janitor. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, no, no, no. Uh, where can people find you online? Please give yourself a shameless plug. I know it's your podcast. It's but... my podcast. They know where to find me. Wealthedwellbeing.com. Thank you. Can you can also find me on Instagram. And Thank you. Ne- never social never media looks a chance for self-promotion, even on your own podcast, Rachel. That's true. I mean, do come find me, but you know what I'm like on social media. I'm trying with the consistency, you know. I'm trying. Yeah, consistency, 1% and all that. <laughs> Ad hoc at best. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm working so hard on myself, guys. I don't have time for to be Exactly, honest. exactly. You're doing the work where it most counts. Yeah. <laughs> I am I am trying to be better at that, though. So, yeah, that's where to find me. And, I'll, and, and you know, if you follow me for, like, 10 years, eventually I might get consistent. <laughs> that, 1%, that 1% that 1% is going to pay off, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, re- I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been really cool. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. And to everyone listening, I applaud you all for your own journeys and thank you for being here and as always we will speak to you again very soon much love we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as rachel enjoys making this podcast why not share it with a friend in need of some heartwarming inspiration? and if you really love it drop us a review on apple podcasts as it really helps us reach and inspire more people thanks for listening on a mission to bring happy back.